0: Welcome back. Hammerdown Show is on. 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. All right, we're going to go over to our Blue Fox eating and cooling hammerhead hotline. Sam King awaits us over there. Uh, you can now pick up his uh, basketball jersey I saw, thanks to the NIL deals over there at the uh, bookstores and stuff like that. Sam, must be really surreal to see your name on the back of a uh, Purdue basketball jersey.
1: Yeah, uh, a dream of a kid probably, but uh <laughs> Now I would just be uh, buying it for the sake of it being somebody
0: with the same name as me. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. It's. Uh, I I thought you were just pulling double duty all this time. That's cool. Uh, Purdue heading up to Toronto, uh, which is where Sam is on his way up to. Take it on the Crimson Tide. Alabama uh, fell out of the top 25 of the loss uh, against Clemson. But uh, still, this is a very, very dangerous team at 6-2, and two, Sam. Uh, the, the Sears kid is just, really really good and if you're a Purdue fan you just got a taste of boo booey the other night uh you're hoping that Purdue has a better plan to uh, tackle Sears uh on Saturday and try to find a way to shut him down because that seems like where a lot of the offense just kind of starts is, is with him
1: yeah and uh the thing is as we've seen when you get into these non big Ten games they seem to be officiated differently so uh Pretty got a lot of fouls, but boo Booy obviously fouled out Lance Jones, which I thought was huge in that game. Uh, but you hope you learn from that because guys like that are few and far between, but you do have to play teams with those caliber of players because once you get to March, it's a crap shoot, and you don't know who you're going to play. Uh, but I think that probably losing that Northwestern, if the result of that was you come out and beat the crap out of Iowa a few days later and, and kind of get your heads on straight, it probably is a worthwhile loss early in the season.
0: Sam, you've been around this team for you know, for a while here. I know I'm doing this stuff. So kind of tell me from where they were at in the past when they would come off a loss and then you'd go to media availability and talk to these guys a couple of years ago versus what it was like to talk to them after that Northwestern loss and then see them you know, before Iowa and stuff. I don't know if you got a chance to see them before Iowa, but kind of compare that maturity level now to where they were maybe a year or two ago to where they're at right now.
1: Yeah, well, last year they went uh, kind of unexpectedly, unbeaten for so long that when it finally happened, it was like, you know, wait a minute, this, this isn't what the end result is supposed to be. And uh, you had, you know, two freshmen starting who uh, came from successful high school programs, weren't used to, weren't used to, to losing a lot. Um, you know, I, I don't think they handled that as well last year. You know, it was kind of almost weird. Uh, and I was talking to, to Brian Newbert about this briefly after the Northwestern game. Fletcher Lawyer almost seemed unfazed by the loss. He was kind of like, hey, you know, look around that locker room and heads are high and, you know, we know we're going to lose games. You don't go through the season and go unbeaten and and not facing adversity. So, um, that was maybe a good thing to see. It it was, you know, kind of weird that it almost unaffected him in that moment. But, uh, I think that last year Purdue just got to a point where it was like, okay, we can't be beaten. And then you, you lose a game on a, you know, a late three pointer and, uh, you don't handle it as well. So the maturity is, is a good thing, um, because Purdue, as well as it's played and, um, as many games as it's won early on, knows it's not a finished product. And I think, uh, Matt Painter has done a good job of reminding these guys that, hey, we won three games in the Maui Invitational, that all of them realistically could have been losses with, you know, a player two going the other way. So, uh, I think this team realizes right now that, there's still a long way to go before March and um, probably it peaked too early last year and you get to March and you're feeling like mm, this team has, has skated by in, in some of these games and, and got away with a win, um, where sometimes maybe it's a, an eye-opener if you end up getting a loss in one of those games.
0: Talking with Sam King of the Journal of Courier here on the Blue Fox City and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, a bit of a homecoming here for Zach Eady in, in, in Toronto. I, I know he's been looking forward to this. I know his mom's probably happy she hasn't had to hit the airport up for this one. Uh, she can stay in town, but uh, have you had a chance to talk to Zach a little bit about what it means to him to play in Toronto, how excited he is about being able to uh, bring his boilers up there to his hometown?
1: Yeah, the uh, the Hall of Fame series actually put on a, a Zoom call with Zach uh, two days ago, which was more for the Canadian media who don't get the luxury of, of talking to him all the time, and for the most part, I just sat in and, and listened and, and they were talking a lot about, you know, his goals for the NBA and uh, playing with the Canadian national team. Uh, and then yesterday local media got a chance to talk to Zach and, you know, he, he's going to cash in on this trip. It's an opportunity to do some NIL stuff. Um, unfortunately for his teammates, not a lot of time for sightseeing where he can take them around and, and show them the city where he grew up. But uh, he does get to do some, some business while he's there, but also, uh, you know, he didn't play a lot of organized basketball in Toronto growing up. He he was a late bloomer, didn't didn't get into the sport until he was, you know, basically in high school. And so a lot of his family hasn't seen him play an organized game that wasn't uh, streamed, maybe illegally, uh, to get <laughs> to Toronto. Uh, so this is a chance for for aunts, uncles, people like that, to come and see him play in a game. And uh, clearly, he's kind of a, a hero there for what he's accomplished. And uh, helping Toronto basketball and helping Canadian basketball uh, rise up uh, when you're the national player of the year and, and you're from Canada, uh, people are going to kind of ride your coattails and, and be like, hey, that's a guy that we can hang our hat on. So he's, he's especially excited to get a play in front of a bunch of family that uh, hasn't seen him play a whole
0: lot. It's nice for him getting the questions from the Canadian media because nobody's going to ask him about his playing time as a hockey player. Because I think you're like legally required to play at least two years of hockey when you grow up in Toronto, right?
1: Yeah, and uh, you know Matt Painter even said it yesterday. Zach's dream was to be the the largest uh, pitcher in the history of Major League Baseball, and then the world kept telling Zach you need to play basketball, and, and the world ended up being right. So uh, you know Zach just kept growing, and now he's seven foot four or. If you go by the NBA uh, draft combine, 7 and a half, and a half, which will round up to 7-4. He's a massive man nonetheless. So, uh, you know, I think he made the right call to, to make the switch to basketball. And it seems like uh, obviously it's paid off for Purdue. It's paid off for Zach. And now you get this game, uh, international game, where a chance to kind of showcase your brand on a, a wider level.
0: Sam, you're going to Canada. Shouldn't you be converting that to the metric system? Shouldn't the 7 foot 4 thing that's uh, that's no good. You got to convert that to centimeters or something up there.
1: Yeah, I'm not smart enough to do all those conversions. <laughs> so, uh, I'll just stick with 7 foot 4. Uh, you know,
0: Matt Painter continues to work with this kind of like 10-man rotation. Um, do you get the sense that he, he really is going to stick with us for some time? I mean, it seems great. Some of these nights you're getting the matchups that really work out. You know, Mason Gillis against Iowa seemed to be a matchup that he, you know, really liked. Miles Colvin didn't get that many minutes. Uh, in the second half. I don't think he played in the second half uh, of that Iowa game. But, you know, normally he has pared it down around this time or starts to pare it down here. Do you get the sense that he's happy with what's been going on with the with the kind of like the 10-man rotation here and do you get the sense that he's going to continue to stick with it?
1: Uh, yes and no. I think that it's a tremendous luxury because he has 10 guys that he feels comfortable he can throw in a game and based on circumstance or situations, you know, maybe Miles is a better fit uh, against a certain defense or something like that. I know uh, Painter did say he regretted not putting Miles Colvin in more against Northwestern because he thought, you know, we're struggling to hit a shot from the outside, and that's a guy that's, uh, you know, he's a shooter. And he can come in and, you know, as we've seen, hit a couple from the corner and get you going in that regard. So um, you're going to second-guess yourself sometimes when you have this much talent. You know, last year maybe – uh, you don't have to worry about that because you, you really only feel comfortable with eight guys in games like that. But, um, it is a luxury. I think that we'll still see ten man rotations, um, when you can do it. But there's also going to be games where I won't be surprised if it's limited to seven or eight guys. But I think just having the ten guys that you have had, uh, get on the floor in meaningful minutes is a huge luxury that, uh, you know, could, could put Purdue in the right direction at any time because you do have different kind of looks. You can throw up people, different kind of players. Um, you know, obviously with uh, Trey Kaufman, Wren, with Caleb Burris, with Mason Gillis, um, three really different kind of players that can kind of all play the same position.
0: Well, it is a luxury. You are correct about that. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier again uh, on his way to Toronto. He'll have coverage for you uh, all day Saturday uh, of this great matchup against Alabama in the uh, big Zach Eady homecoming. Can't wait to see the reaction that he gets when he steps out on the court. It's going to be a good one. Sam, uh, we wish you safe travels. Hopefully this plane works out better than your uh, original one there. I know we have had some issues on the travel here, so we'll keep our fingers crossed for you. Uh, best of luck and... Uh, Hopefully you get to enjoy the town a little bit tomorrow.
1: Yeah, hopefully a little bit. But uh it wouldn't be a trouble for me if it wasn't if it didn't have some issues, so that's what I'm learning.
0: <laughs> good luck, buddy. Thanks for calling. Thanks for taking a moment, all right. Thanks. Take care, well, Sam. You. Bye. Yeah. All right, there you go. Sam King Lafayette, General and Currier on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We're gonna hang tight here, don't worry. Coming right back after the break with more Hammerdown show on one oh one seven the Hammer and 101.